Welcome to the NPS MedicineWise podcast, helping health professionals stay up to date with the latest news and evidence about medicines and medical tests. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of our MPS Medicine Wise podcast, which in recent weeks has focused on COVID-19 issues. Now, some of you may already recognize my voice, but for those that don't, I'm Anna. I'm a general practitioner and NPS Medicine Wise medical advisor, and I've been sharing the hosting chair, so to speak, with our CEO, Steve Morris. Today, I'm joined by my colleague, Rawa Osman, to discuss new developments around a new kid on the block called dexamethasone. So, hi, Rawa. Hi, Anna. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no, thanks so much for joining us. Um, Before we begin, would you mind telling our listeners a little bit more about yourself and what you do? Yes. um, So, my name is Rawa. I'm a pharmacist by background, and I'm a clinical lead at MPS Medicine Wise. Awesome. Thanks for that, Rawa. So back to dexamethasone, uh, there's been some interesting preliminary results that have been released uh, from a trial called the Recovery Trial. Uh, Rawa, what do you make of this trial and what's your take on what's transpired? The Recovery Trial is a randomised clinical trial that's established during this pandemic um, just to test the range of potential treatments for COVID-19, including the low-dose dexamethasone. So it has over 11,000 patients that have been enrolled um, from more than 175 public hospitals across the UK. The primary outcomes for this was all-cause mortality at 28 days after randomization, and the follow-up was done for uh, about 94% of the participants. That's pretty impressive, actually, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. It's um, a, a, a really big trial. The initial results have been really promising as well. It's showing an association or a reduction in mortality in patients with more severe COVID-19 di- uh, disease. So it reduced death by, or the reduction in death um, was by one third in ventilated patients. Um, that was a statistically significant reduction. And by one fifth of patients who are requiring oxygen That, again, was a statistically significant um, reduction. Uh, This was all compared to standard care alone. Mm. And I think you've hit the nail on the head, though, there, Rawa, in in regards to the actual patient cohort that found or saw most benefit. Um, So I think for our listeners, it's important to point out that the the patients that had most benefit were those with severe COVID-19, so those that were either ventilated or received supplemental oxygen. Um, And I believe... um, Unfortunately, on the flip side, uh, there was no survival benefit for patients with mild to moderate COVID-19, and that was those patients who did not require oxygen or ventilation. Um, Is that correct, Rawa? That's correct. And that's why we would need to be really careful um, when we see the full results that this is not extrapolated beyond the patient cohort where the benefit was shown. Um, I think Mm. with the hydroxychloroquine um, sort of uh, results that were released early on, we've seen quite a number of patients and prescribers who were keen uh, to see if that treatment would work for patients with COVID, whether it's mild, Mm. moderate or uh, severe disease. Um, We would need to view the results, the full results of the trial with the lens of the cohort of patients where the results was um, significant. 
Yeah, exactly. I think it's got quite um, could potentially have um, implications for for community care and management because certainly there might be uh, a propensity to suddenly go and and prescribe or even use it as a, a preventative uh, prophylactic type medication, which is not what this study was doing. So um, we, we do need to be a little bit careful in that. And and so, Rawal, what do you suggest um, general practitioners and health professionals of the community uh, discuss with the patients? Um, I can only imagine that um, once this you know it's mainstream media, there, there'll probably be plenty of patients that are interested in dexamethasone and how that could be used. So, so what, do we, what do we tell them? I think it's important that uh, clinicians and other health professionals communicate to patients that dexamethasone has not been shown to prevent infection with COVID-19, that the results here are only limited to patients with severe disease who are requiring, requiring uh, ventilation. Um, it's not been shown to uh, be effective for patients with mild to moderate disease and therefore should not be recommended um, for patients with COVID-19 symptoms or patients suspected of COVID-19. Symptoms. I think that's really important to communicate to patients. Not to mention that, um, you know, dexamethasone is is not without its own risk either. I mean, um, as a pharmacist, you'll know that there are plenty of adverse effects and side effects that, that come along with it. And um, even with long-term use as well, uh, anything ranging from allergic reactions to increased susceptibility to infections, hyperglycemia, fluid and electrolyte disturbances and so forth. So uh, with the potential for abuses, the potential for harm as well in the community. So hence, I think that messaging that you've um, conveyed is, is, is really important. That's correct. And I think you've hit the, the nail right on its head that there are side effects that the patient would need to be aware of of the medicine. Um, and they will need to be aware of its use. When is it safe to use um, and in what conditions as well? Yeah, it will be interesting to see um, uh, the final, I guess, the final paper and, and what that shows um, once it's published and peer-reviewed. So watch this space, everyone. I'm sure we'll have another podcast uh, exploring the finer detail once that's available. So um, I'd like to just take this opportunity to thank you, Rawa, for your time. It's been a pleasure. And uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, if you have any questions about or suggestions for any of our podcasts, uh, please reach out to us via Twitter or LinkedIn. For more information about the safe and wise use of medicines, visit the NPS MedicineWise website at nps.org.au.